Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Welcome back to the Missing Maura Murray podcast. Lance, this episode is a little different because we lost a member of the investigation family and a member of the Murray family. And an instrumental member of the gathering of the information, the massive amount of emails and leads and tips and everything coming in. I don't want to say this is a a particularly sad episode. I think it should be a, a motivational episode, but it's not easy to say that Helena Dwyer Murray passed away on April 22nd. And one of the reasons we're doing this episode is to explain how much work Helena actually did on this case. We just wanted to acknowledge her. We wanted to have a couple people on who worked with her very closely. She was the in the forefront of all of the information gathering in Maura's case. Helena was really on the front lines of everything Maura Murray after she went missing. Helena ran the family Facebook page, which has over 5,700 members, and she was the recipient of emails that were sent to admin at Maura Murray Missing, which is the family website. Lance and I know from doing what we're doing here for about a year and a half how many emails come in and how difficult and time-consuming it is to run a Facebook group. It's no joke. This woman put in work that is so hard to describe that we decided to do an episode completely about her and dedicate it to the work that she did in this case. So we have two interviews for this episode. The first one is with the person that she co-managed the Facebook group with, his name is Troy. He has known Helena for just about as long as Moore has been missing. And then the second interview is with John Smith, who will also talk about how much work Helena did in this case. And they don't directly come out and say it, but you know that in, if you read between the lines, if Helena hadn't done what she was doing, I don't think that they would have been inspired enough and motivated enough to continue doing what 
they're doing in the case right now. Helena was driven, man. She was she she was she was nonstop, twenty four seven with with Mora's case. We would get emails from her that would have very limited information as far as the text was concerned. Usually, it was snapshots. Uh, of newspaper articles or um, police reports or anything. I, I mean, I'm thinking about it now. I, I can't. I could. We could go on and on for hours about what she would send, and 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 she expected you to be at her level. There would be no, hey guys, look at this because I want you to to understand this. It was like you should already know if you're here at this point. You should know why I'm sending this to you. We had a pretty open channel of communication with Helena. We sent each other information from time to time. We spoke with her on the phone probably three to five times. And she was very helpful. She sent us, actually, the first we had ever heard about the UMass cabin came from Helena. And it was before the UMass students were caught with the LSD up there. Um, so it was something that she and the rest of the, the Murray family knew about from very early on. It, this is a woman who was not hiding anything from us. Yeah, and you mentioned about the emails that she received. She must have received, I can't imagine, thousands of emails. Um, have to filter through the ones that are troll-ridden. Uh, she also received some probably you know case-related information I can't even imagine what what these boxes and and files and maybe hard drives that she has. How much information is on there? How you mentioned the the UMass cabin and how she she brought that to our attention before it became public knowledge with the uh, with the overdoses that happened uh, later on in the year of last year. Uh, she must have so many firsts that she hasn't shared. Because of just time frame, because you couldn't possibly. She, I, I remember some of the conversations and some of the emails, and just to sort through all that stuff is an impressive feat. And this is a woman who died of cancer on April 22nd, and she was working up until the day she died on this case. And I would have thought that something like that, working until the day you die on something that is that important to you, I would have thought that that would have turned into an obsession, but after listening to Troy and to John talk about Helena, I don't think it was an obsession. I think she she was as genuine and and motivated to to bring closure to this case as, as she possibly could. And I I really don't think it was it was an obsession. I think it was genuine motivation. I agree, definitely motivation. And Helena was feisty too. She was certainly no pushover. Uh, some of the exchanges we had with her and some of the phone calls. She's definitely a woman with humor, and she understood that you needed to keep this situation light at times. But she was tough, too. Yeah, she was feisty, and she was defiant, and she was tough. So here is a brief statement from the Murray family. It is with a heavy heart we must announce the passing of Helena Murray. She passed away Saturday at her home after a valiant struggle with cancer. As you know, Helena was absolutely relentless in the search for Mora, and our family will forever remain grateful for having such a strong woman in our corner. She spent countless hours on Mora's case doing everything within her power to find answers. Without Helena, there would be no Mora Murray case. 
In her honor, please consider making a donation to the National Center for Missing Adults. And it's signed, with sadness, the Maura Murray family. And here is Helena's obituary posted on Legacy.com. Helena F. Dwyer Murray, born on July 16, 1946, died peacefully at home on April 22, 2017. She was born in Chelsea, Mass., and grew up in Squantum. She moved to Weymouth in 1971 and was a graduate of St. Rose High School in Chelsea and Robbie Secretarial Business School in Boston. She was a volunteer in the Weymouth Public Schools. She served as chairman and vice chairman as an elected member of the Weymouth Board of Public Works. Helena is survived by her husband. She was a mother. She was a grandmother. And she is also survived by many aunts, cousins, in-laws, and friends. Yeah, and just looking through this obituary, they list so many. She, Like you said, she was a mother, a grandmother, and they list all these names and... I can't even imagine the the scope of her family as well. One story that I remember when we first talked to Helena was, it was, how long ago was that, Tim? Like a year and a half ago? Maybe even two years ago? It was December or November of 2015. This is a good segue into what we want to let our listeners know right now is that we're, we have to play our sponsors for the show. They're, they're sponsors that help support everything that goes into a, a program like this. And I remember Helena telling us that it's okay to take these if we if we ever get a chance to get paid for our work on this, not to feel guilty about it. So we do have three sponsors today. We have ZipRecruiter, Harry's Razors, and Sherry's Berries. So we want to thank them, and we don't want it to sound too too crass. Yeah, we don't want it to sound insensitive, and we would have loved to have gotten them all out of the way at the top of the show, but unfortunately, contractually, that's just not possible for us right now okay so i hope you enjoy the episode and to those who knew helena we are terribly sorry for your loss and to those of you who follow the Mara murray case we are sorry for your loss on this case because her loss will be felt and i just want to repeat the in her honor please consider making a donation and that is to the national center for missing adults any amount helps Troy, now you've been known to the insiders of this community for a long time um, because of your work on the Facebook group, and you were kind of seen a little bit as a mysterious figure um, in the community because no one had really talked to you um, that, that we knew of. But you did a lot of work with Helena running the Facebook page, and so we want to kind of back up a little bit and and we want to talk about Helena but we want to find out how you guys started working together so what had happened was I was talking with actually a friend of mine who went to Whitman Hanson High School where Mora actually went um, and that's kind of where this all started because as it was initially happening um, you know I was listening to her version of the story or her side of the story as far as how as far as how this all began um, and what we were talking about is that there's no, at least from her view, there was no real place where all this stuff was coming together. 
Um, people were talking, but it was never, you know, solidified and put in one location where, where it was all, all there for people. Um, you know, there'd be newspaper articles that would come out or news stories, but nothing in one place. That's kind of how it all started. Um, around 2008, um, I was kind of making a shift in the work that I was doing. Um, I worked as a hotel manager and I wanted to get out of it just because it was like a 24 hour day, seven day a week, you know, year round, no holidays off. Um, I wanted to kind of do something different. So I said, let's go try to work in a real office. Let's start building up, um, you know, a resume and kind of experience doing certain things. Um, so where that all started, I was looking and talking to people that worked in advertising and they were kind of explaining to me and teaching me that, you know, inbound marketing, blogging, that is kind of where things were going to head. And it turns out they were right. Um, so the group was set up. Um, the Murray family decided that they wanted to bring in or appoint somebody within their family to kind of help run that, um, to help kind of control information, not in a sense of, you know, deciding what is told to who at their own, you know, convenience, but more or less to keep everything um, more cohesive and more sensible and more organized. So initially I had spoken to Julie about it. I had agreed with her, you know, yeah, if you want to do that, we'll do it. I have no problem. So that's when Helena kind of came into the picture. So we're going back, like I said, as early as 2008, 2009. Um, and that's kind of where it all started. So after hearing of Helena's passing last Friday, Tim and I decided that we needed to have you on. Uh, we had talked about having you on before, um, but it feels like uh, now is is, a, is the most appropriate time uh, after after her passing and, and uh, a lot of attention will, I guess, inevitably be put back, or the spotlight will be put back on her and, and on you. Um, so just wanted to... Um, I guess I guess ask what what was your uh, what was your experience like with her in the beginning stages? How did how did she, how did she approach you? How did uh, what was the the working relationship like? You know, at first it was it was professional. You know, I mean we we communicated almost daily, a couple times a day, um, because we were still trying to figure out you know one another, trying to feel out each other as far as how we worked. Um, you know, so if something was posted or something was removed or not approved or whatever the case may have been, we let each other know right away. Um, and we'd always make sure that we were always informed as far as reasons behind it or anything like that. Um, so it was it was really more or less um, almost co-workers in a sense. You know, we were we were cordial. We were we was business only at the time. Um, but it really didn't take long. I'd say within a couple months, we really got to not really talking about just that um we kind of got a window into each other's lives so it turned into more of a you know like we did a lot of work together but we also i mean we communicated frequently about life about you know work outside of of that group as well um so it was a genuine friendship that actually developed out of the entire thing and i would i would say pretty quickly yeah when we talked to her she she cared a lot about uh about you she spoke very highly of you and um and the work that you were uh, were doing with her, what was her what was her uh, her energy like at the time? Um, just speaking when uh, when Tim and I talked to her, how long ago? A year and a half ago now. When we that was the first time we had communication with her. She still had this. Uh, 
she still had this this like drive to to her um and that had you know that was, that was very long into the process um what was her what was her energy like with you oh man she she had more energy than i did uh she you know i was like all right i can handle this and i would work sometimes way too much outside of of this but i would be doing you know regular work um so I'd be doing that either by day or by night and then kind of doing this during the day. And there would be a few days where I wouldn't kind of, I would kind of detach for a little bit, not sign in, not approve anything really, or not look at a whole lot. Um, but I keep getting notifications. Like she, she was always available. She had more energy and more drive for this than I think I ever thought she would have. Um, and she definitely outperformed me without a doubt. She was, she was always going. I think that was a funny thing about her. Even up until, you know, a few days before her passing, she was still active, um, you know, still posting things, still editing things, still looking at stuff. So, I mean, she definitely, she had the energy, you know, and she had something that kept her going. One of the things that Lance and I talked about was um, how hard it is to quantify the amount of work that Helena actually put into the case because she was behind the scenes for the most part. Mm -hmm. She ran the Facebook group and she ran the email address. So one of the things Lance and I talked about, we said, you know how many emails we get, you know, multiply that by 10 more years. And and then you'd Mm -hmm. have the amount of emails that Helena got, but she actually responded to more of them, I believe, than we're able to. Um, it, it was extremely impressive how how uh, tight that the Facebook group is run, and and that's you and her, and uh, and how she gets back to people who email. So yeah, if if you can try to help us quantify the amount of work she actually put into this, I know it's like twelve years, thirteen years, but yeah, I mean she definitely more work than I could ever imagine myself putting in. Um, I thought about this for a lot, you know, this entire week I've thought about what is my response going to be to you guys if I'm asked that exact question. And I don't even know that I could put into words that like that amount of dedication, that amount of work that she was able to do, the amount of care. Um, You know, she remembered, I swear, almost every conversation she and I ever had. Um, She remembered people who maybe wouldn't post for two years and then all of a sudden they came back and started posting. She remembered stuff that it blew my mind how she just kind of, she never forgot. Tim and I are both nodding right now because there are so many times where we had information that we were looking at and we we're like, all of a sudden she'd shoot an email with no, uh, no real like context to it other than just like a copy and paste of something else that we had talked about months, months ago that had come up again and it's just like you said, like just that the nonstop, uh, nonstop work that was involved with it. And we would just like shake our heads. Like, how is she keeping up with this? That's exactly it. You know, and this is something that totally consumes a person. And it's really hard at times to separate, you know, your life, your, just like your entire life from that. And I remember being at dinner with friends and all of a sudden I have my phone out and they just all stop talking and look at me because I'm, you know, typing away at something. And they're like, you're going to eat? You're going to talk to us? What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, you know, sorry. But, you know, she she had that ability and she, I I don't know how she did it. To this day, I still don't know how she did it. She managed to still have a life, it looks like, outside of just that, you know. And 
I don't know. To this day, I'm still amazed. I don't, you know, people go, oh, anybody can run something like that. Not the way she did it. Not the way she did it at all. No, and and we, we've met people, people who have uh, worked with us for, for periods of time on this. Um, they usually come and go. Uh, you know, it, it's it's rare that the person sticks around and, and you know they're sticking around for as long as they can, you know, for as long as they're physically yeah. able to. So her knowledge into this case was nearly unmatched. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was ser- it's seriously, the only people you can really compare it to, I think, are, are probably Fred and some of the original investigators. Because yeah. she got every Absolutely. single tip that ever came in. And mm-hmm. she worked on it. It wasn't like she just got the tip and you know forwarded it to Fred or something like that. She tried to right. back it up, back up the information, right? Right. I mean, she she not only did that. I mean, every time somebody came in, and it seems like the trend that we have, just like you said, people come and go. And right now, the group's got over I think five thousand members, and some of them are not active. Some of them are are there, but they, from what I've been told from them. Some just kind of unsubscribe and we'll check in every now and again to see what's going on. Um, and so we seem to always have people who, you know, would join the group, ask a ton of questions, just like machine gun us a question. And then, you know, they'd step back. So we always have this cycle, it seems like, of people who want to know everything and then kind of step back again, you know, and they either become disengaged, but there still are people Again, people from 2008, 2009, who are still occasionally active or still pretty active, but she manages to seem, she always seems to cover every base with every person that, you know, posts something or asks a question, so. What's going to happen now to the Facebook group? She and I talked about it, actually, just shortly before she passed, and she's like, I don't know if you want to shut it down or if you want to keep it going. Um, She's like, obviously, it started with you, do whatever. Um, since her passing, I don't think this is a big secret because it was blogged. Um, Julie, I added her as an admin, so I'm not sure where we're going to go with it. She and I are still trying to figure out, you know, how each other works. It seems like, but I mean, you know, wherever it goes, it goes. Um, I think that they're of the same mindset where we don't necessarily want to, want to close it up. We want to keep it there. And a lot of it is because I think there is a lot of information on there. It's all in one place. You know, there's still a lot of people. And I wonder if the people who, you know, could be involved or whatever are kind of in that group. So we're I don't necessarily want to take it down. Um, I'm going to do whatever the Murrays want to do, of course, as I promised years ago. But I think we're still trying to figure that out. I mean, right now things are pretty solid and stable, so I don't know that anything's going to to go that way. Cool. Yeah, I think it's it's de- it definitely has a lot of value keeping it alive and um the good thing that you and helena well one one of the great things that you and helena did was sort of um train some of the people to answer the incoming questions so even if it's not super easy for you or julie to be active in answering those questions right when they're asked usually some members of the group will do that for you guys definitely i know like john john smith's in there a lot thank god because at least somebody knows what's going on like i the roles that Helena and I both had, I was more administrative and she was more, you know, case oriented. Um, and I had kind of made that choice from the beginning that I didn't necessarily personally want any access to a lot of the inside stuff. I wanted to leave that to them. Um, again, to respect their, you know, information control and make sure that nothing is said that shouldn't be said in the event that, 
they have information that isn't public knowledge. Um, but also, it just muddies the waters. So it is good to have a family member or representative of the family still in it. Now, you said earlier that um, you didn't want to take it down. Part of the reason was because there might be uh, people involved. Did you mean people involved in the actual disappearance? I wonder, you know, and you never know. Um, I mean, you hear in cases previously where, you know, people have been involved in a crime um, and then they'll go back or they'll kind of keep an eye on it. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's the case here, but, you know, part of me wonders. Um, You just never know. Stranger yeah. things have happened. So, yeah, yeah, much stranger things. Um, how did you and Helena deal with um, any criticism? There was there was a period of time where there was some pretty intense trolling. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll I'll put a couple of questions into one here. Um, there was some pretty intense trolling, and on top of you know the emails that she received, the the legal end of the whole thing you know she was she was reaching out to law enforcement there was this element of uh, of trolling that was going on a lot of criticism was uh directed at her for quote unquote not even meeting mora and and that was that was delivered at, in, a, in a critical manner um did did any of that ever really affect her i don't you know i don't think so i think she just was like she always said the same thing well i can say whatever they want to say you know that was kind of her approach to it and her mindset. Um, if it did bother her, she didn't, she was never vocal about it. She never really, you know, we had had a conversation on the phone or, or via email or, you know, Facebook messenger at the time where those things that kind of come up. I mean, she and I were kind of, she would address concerns of mine as far as stuff that was going on, or I would kind of be talking to her about, you know, some of those battles that she was fighting. But, she had kind of always said, if they're going to say, they can say whatever they want to say. She's like, you know, and I remember the quote that she used one time was, what are they going to do? I'm an old lady, you know, despite all the stresses that were going on. Again, she was very funny as well, but yeah, she kind of, she didn't let it get to her. Um, you know, and I, to address that whole, you know, not even being related or, you know, an outside person, I think to have a family representative, it's easier for them to be detached in that, that distance. Um, you know, she and yeah. I are always kind of protective over each other. Um, and I kind of I worry about bringing in a new admin that's directly related and how that's going to affect them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still that element of, of uh, being protective over them as far as that type of thing. And I, I'm concerned about it, but, um, you know, I think it was necessary at the time to have somebody who was somewhat detached from the case directly who could kind of handle all the info without being you know, too dragged out by it. Yeah. That's an, that's an amazing uh, point. Um, not a lot of people look at it that way that uh, if it had been somebody directly related, then they might've gotten a little too emotional and then they would have burned out. Um, and maybe you had to go through this, uh, you know, years of this before we're able to have somebody directly related to, to take over. Um, and some of that emotion maybe isn't as uh, isn't as hot right now, and some cooler heads might prevail. You know, I mean, I don't I don't think they're ever going to get over what happened, but I think the time heals things a little bit. Um, and and so you're right. I think now might be the time, you know, for for more family involvement. You know, for somebody in the family to step up and and do the family thing with the page. Um, you know, I, I think that Julie can handle it. She's tough, and she's. She's a good person, so I think that she's ready to go for it.
Do you want to know what it's like to hang out with MS-13 in El Salvador? How the Russian mafia fought battles all over Brooklyn in the 1990s? Or what about that time I got lost in the Burmese jungle hunting the world's biggest meth lab? Or why the Japanese Yakuza have all those crazy dragon tattoos? I'm Sean Williams. And I'm Danny Gold. And we're the host of the Underworld Podcast. We're journalists that have traveled all over, reporting on dangerous people and places. And every week, we'll be bringing you a new story about organized crime from all over the world. We know this stuff because we've been there. We've seen it. And we've got the near misses and embarrassing tales to go with it. We'll mix in reporting with our own experiences in the field. And we'll throw in some bad jokes while we're at it. The Underworld Podcast explores the criminal underworlds that affect all of our lives, whether we know it or not. Available wherever you get your podcasts. One of the moments from the Facebook group that stands out to me as being a uh, a moment that that was kind of shocking. Um, the when, when James Conrad, the former New Hampshire trooper, wrote about um, how the police know where Mora is and she's under the suspect's house, and and it's sort of it's almost becoming folklore in itself. Just that. Um, the, the, mm-hmm. those comments because they were deleted by him also. But right. how did you and Helena handle like something crazy like that? You know, every time something like that would happen and there was a lot of, there were lots of events like that where people would say crazy stuff and we're like, whoa, you know, um, he can delete whatever he wants, but I can almost guarantee you that she's got a screenshot of every bit of crazy that ever went on. Um, you know, she she was really good about keeping those things documented. Um, I kind of, when stuff like that happens, I always looked at her and said, okay, you know, where do you want to go with it? Again, you know, I set this thing up, but I, I work for you. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, I kind of let her take the lead on it because she kind of would have handled it more graceful than I would have. Um, whereas I would have turned into like a crazy keyboard warrior. She just kind of handled, you know, whatever she needed to do either, you know, deleting and blocking and, you know, we, we were set up to be able to block and ban people from the page, not saying they didn't come back in one form or another, but that would, that would typically be the route that we went when things like that look crazy. Is there going to be, uh, or maybe there already has been, um, sort of a, because you said that she, she definitely, you can guarantee she has a screenshot of every, every bit of crazy that came along. Is there going to be any um, categorizing uh, of, of all the material that she's, that she's gathered, or is that currently in the works? Judging by the conversations that she and I had, and I, I definitely get into that too, I, I can almost guarantee that she's already had that taken care of. Um, you know, she was a step ahead of everything. Um, when she finally came to me and let me know that things were getting serious with her health, she was preparing for things. It seemed like um, the conversations that she and I had, they were, you know, they were business, they were personal, but they were also. I think in a way for either of us to kind of say whatever we wanted to say or needed to say and kind of help one another prepare for what would have, what would inevitably happen. So um, I'm going to, I mean, I don't know if they're certain, but I'm almost certain that she's already taken care of that type of thing. What did Helena mean to you as a friend? Oh man, she meant everything. Um, you know, like I said, you kind of, you go from this business thing, you know, where it's just work related um, and the work that we do. But very quickly, we were fast friends, you know. Um, I had great respect for her. I had great care for her. Um, 
you know, there wasn't anything that was happening in my life that she didn't know about. And I mean, you know, I would talk to her about everything. And it was because she had that type of personality. She had that type of, you know, face, that grin that um, he wanted to talk to her. And her attitude was really the same way. She, you know, the media would say, oh, she's really, you know, stern or she's really, you know, difficult to work with or whatever, however people wanted to spin it. But, you know, she was the exact opposite. She was somebody who cared about everybody and everything. Um, so our relationship really, I mean, I felt like I was talking to, you know, an aunt or a grandmother all the time. There was never a moment where, you know, I didn't want to talk to her. It was always, you know, it was a daily thing. There was always some form of communication. So, um, you know, it meant everything to be able to have her accessible. Um, she was definitely a crucial person in my life for the past, you know, several years. Yes, yeah, so this is someone that you've you communicated with almost daily or or daily for uh, about ten years. Almost, you know, almost ten years now. And um, yeah, I mean, we talked all the time, and it was never, um, you know, we'd go two days without discussing more, but we'd be talking about whatever was going on, you know, either in the news or in life. Um, and that was kind of the one thing. I haven't really reached out to anyone directly related to her yet because I just feel like they need time to, you know, go through whatever they're going through and deal with on the motions. But, you know, the one thing that she always talked about, she talked about her husband, she talked about her kids, her grandkids, everything related to her was, was her life. That was a lot of the times a topic of discussion. Um, it wasn't always just Mora, you know, or the case or, you know, the postings or the members or whatever. Um, there was a lot more that went on. I just want to say uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, a, a big thank you for all the work that you and Helena uh, have put into this. It is, uh, it is a huge resource for anybody wanting to know about the case. Um, and it's, it's great to actually talk to you because there was a period of time where Tim and I got the impression that you weren't even real. <laughs> but it, that's just part of the rabbit hole you go down when you start looking into this case. And it's, it's good to know that you, know, you, you are real and you do have a good head on your shoulders. And it's not about getting your name out there. It's about making sure everything is accessible and, and, and you know, the important information is there for people to, to, uh, to gather. And that, you know, that's the thing. I'm, I'm real. I'm there. I'm, I'm sane, by the way. People seem to go, oh, this, you know, you know, either I'm, I'm totally made up or one of the theories was, oh, he's actually more hiding under an alias. Um, I'm like, come on, this is crazy. Um, just when I thought it couldn't get wackier, it does. You know, I'm not looking for notoriety, which is why I kind of stepped back. And she was more or less the face of the whole thing. Um, you know, I, I kind of started the whole thing up, but she was the one that kept it going. I don't even know where it would be without her. The statement that was issued that I put up on the group page, without her, there would be no more Murray case. And it was absolutely true. Um, you know, I'm just a little guy who deletes people or adds people or, you know, whatever. She she did everything else, literally everything else. I don't even know how she found time to sleep. You know, I'm just glad to do it. I'm glad to be on with you guys and talk to you finally. But it's also kind of surreal because, um, you know, having the conversation with her and, just to kind of get into, you know, like I said at one point to people, you know, she was feisty and she absolutely was. And she was very blunt and to the point. Um, the last conversation, or the, well, one of the last that we had, you know, when she finally was like, this is how serious it is. I answered my phone. Do you know what hospice is? I'm like, well, good morning to you too. And she just kind of delved right into the whole situation of what she was dealing with. 
Uh, Last week I talked to one of her friends, her best friends, and she called me and we kind of talked about that stuff. And we were laughing about it to the point where it physically hurt my stomach because that was just, that was just how she was. And I was kind of happy to not be crying about it, to be, you know, laughing about her character as a whole and just how, how funny, but how serious and how great of a person she was. Um, it's rare that people are legitimately doing that versus you know, a blubbering hysterical mess. Yeah, I, I remember the first time that we talked to her, I was terrified. I was, Tim and I were getting on the phone. I was letting my, my palms were sweating. I was terrified. And then at the end of the conversation, we were all joking a, a bit. And uh, and we were just so relieved that uh, that it, it ended the way it did where, you know, we could we could laugh and um, and, and be uh, be friendly with each other. And and then we were asked uh, they they wanted to know whether or not we liked them. And I thought that was such a. Such an, uh, such a cool. It's just such a turn of a, uh, turn of emotion. We were hanging up, and and she's like, you know, well, well, do you guys like us? And I'm like, what? Like, of course. It just seems so. It seemed it seems so, uh, so interesting that she she had that concern. And people, like I said to you guys before, people watch this unfold, and they still it's still in the news. It's still out there. People kind of. I think look at it like it's it's a TV show or it's it's still like they're watching the show disappeared where it, you know finally came to head in the media that I think that there's a disconnect and the way that you guys just described her is, is exactly how she was and it it's it's proof and it's a great example that these they're real people they're very real people you know mm-hmm. they're just they're just real. They're legitimate, real people who are going through the unthinkable. Is there a is there a memory of Helena that you'd like to share? Something that you know, stands out in the forefront of your mind? A couple. There was one. We kind of she and I have a mutual friend that came into the group years back, right when it all started, and he's been an amazing friend since he lives in the D.C. area. He's gonna. I'm gonna be like, listen to the podcast I mentioned you, um, but we kind of. A good, he's, he's a very good guy, trustworthy guy. He, he's been also a major help to her and myself. Um, and one of the things that we kind of, to blow off steam, I know that he and I kind of have to laugh about some of the crazy stuff that happens in that page. People are probably going to listen to this and know this isn't funny, but I think it is, so what the hell. Um, there was this one woman who kind of was always starting arguments with people, extremely aggressive, as a lot of them tend to be sometimes, not just women, but everybody that's in there, you know, things get heated. But she, you know, I'm like a grammar and punctuation Nazi. Like it drives me crazy when I see stuff that doesn't quite make sense. And she would say like fragments of sentences and then just trail it with a whole line of periods. And so for a good three weeks, he and I would text each other back and forth. And it was just like a couple of words. And then like, again, the trail of periods. Um, I don't even know how it started, but then we ended up in, a group message with Helena and I don't remember if she started one to kind of give us some information or talk to us about something or if he had started or I had started it. But out of nowhere, it kind of started again. He and I just play off each other. We're like, let's, let's goof on Helena and see if we can see what, if we get a rise out of her. And uh, so we started doing this, except instead of just putting the periods, we would spell out the word dot. So it was like 16 words that were just dot, 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 dot. (laughs) And I think like 20 minutes in the conversation, she was literally like, I don't know what the hell this is. She's like, I'm, I'm going to bed. And um, we're like, no, come back. So, I mean, that was, 
I used to laugh about it because it drove her crazy. And the next day I was like, hey, we're just kidding. And she's like, I know. It wasn't all serious. It was it was a lot of a lot of different stuff. So right. we like to I like to get her going sometimes as she needs me. So about with Troy, it's kind of hard to explain how to quantify how much work Helena actually did on the case, but how would you, how would you answer that question? I'd have to say that, that she certainly was an inspiration for me as far as how much she did and, and how involved she was. I mean, she, you know, she talked to all the media. She answered all the emails um, from, you know, from the website, any clues, anything that she got. She talked to the New Hampshire State Police. You know, she was pretty much the go-between for all that stuff and Fred Murray. Um, so she, she was she was a very, very big part of this, this whole thing, for sure. Take us back to when uh, you first had contact with Helena. Well, I first met Helena uh, back in 2004. I think it was April or May. It was in, within the first two months of me being involved. Um, and I believe that we met at the Wells River Motel. Um, and it was a, a get-together at the motel before we went out to uh, do a search or, or go out and check out any leads that we had. Um, of course, that was very early on, so there really wasn't much Um even though they had been into it for a few months by that time, um, they still had really not much to work on. Uh, but that was the first time I ever met her. Um, you know, and it's hard to, to, you know, really meet somebody under that circumstance and, and, you know, be able to know them or, or make a connection with them in, in any you know, serious way because of just because of the situation that you're in, you know, you, you know, you're not sure what to say to who, you know, so it, it's a very, it's a very tense situation at first, but, um, you know, but the whole, the whole Murray family in the beginning, I mean, they were all just great. I mean, they just, you know, they were just out looking for answers. Did you feel any pressure when you first met her to, to perform as an investigator? Well, when I first met them all, for the first time, which that was the first time that I met them all, basically. And, you know, uh, I had nothing to live up to them for because the only thing I was doing was offering my services, my not my services, I should say my help, because at that point in time, I wasn't a private investigator. Uh, you know, I was a citizen um, who was just concerned about something that had happened close to my area. So I really had no, you know... Nothing more than to prove to them and to show them that, that I was just a good guy and I'm just out to help them, you know, try to find some answers and show them around. Uh, you know, that was that was the biggest thing at that point in time. How often did you speak with Helena? Uh, in the beginning, um, I used to speak with Helena and Norma, I mean, almost all the time, twice a week, uh, sometimes more than that, depending on what was coming in for leads. Um, you know, that I had gotten and, and what they had gotten and vice versa, you know, that we were swapping back and forth. Uh, so they always used to feed me with information when they got it. 
um, and I would work with that information. You know, from the beginning, um, we had a very good report of, of sharing information and everything, and that's who I dealt with most because Fred was didn't want to deal with um, all the other people on the side, you know, on the outside of the case. He was just mainly he was up here and he was searching. That's what he was doing, and if I got something or Helena had gotten some information, that would be relayed to Fred as well. And we heard through the grapevine that there were some moments where Helena may have challenged you and vice versa. Yes, and if she hadn't, I would have been disappointed. Um, you know, no doubt that she was uh, she's one of the toughest ladies that I've ever met um, and uh, a lady of high, very, very high morals and ethics. Um, uh, I don't think I've ever met anybody more like that because, you know, I've 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 done a couple sketchy things over the years to try and gain some information, like I told you guys before, you know, of using fake names and doing all that stuff way back in the beginning. And, and she was always against that. You know, she was always like, well, you know, if they find out and everything, I was like, but it's, it's the way I feel I got to do it. And we butted heads on that a little bit. And, um, you know, I put a couple things out that, you know, I would all of a sudden get a private message. She'd say, what the fuck were you thinking? And, <laughs> you know, and it's true. You know, she, she, she wasn't trying to squelch anything that was bad. It was just, you know, that shouldn't have been said. It was just something that I didn't quite put it right or whatever. And, you know, it was just like, she's like, oh, my God, you, you know, you're going to start a shit storm. And sometimes I did. And Yeah, we heard she was uh, feisty. And, uh, and certainly uh, what we knew of her, that, that word would definitely fit. Um do you have any any stories about her feistiness or how you guys batted heads maybe? No, not really. I mean, other than what I basically just told you was, you know, occasionally we would, you know, have disagreements on how we thought something should be talked about. And that was way back in the day with web sleuths and topics and that was when we were in the cesspool of of this whole case and it, it was there was so many people out there that were taking the information and just twisting it and turning it. So I think that was most of our places where we had our little spats about everything was that, you know, no, you shouldn't do that. Or, you know, you better be careful because these people are going to, you know, run with it or whatever. And yeah, I mean, she was right. You know, I mean, there was times when she was right. I mean, there was times when I was right. There was times when it worked for me, you know, and it got me the information I needed, and nobody really even blinked an eye. But I feel like I feel like she wouldn't have been her, and you wouldn't have been you without the two of you together. You know, we've both been here the same amount of time. I mean, within a few months, I should say, um, invested in this case. And as far as people involved for the amount of time and um what we have invested yeah i would say that yeah that was basically true um that yeah i guess we were you know (laughs) what does her passing mean for you as much as i've known for a long time that she's been sick and i've had to hold that in um and not be able to tell people has been um very hard uh to do I knew it was going to happen. I, I, 
knew as it was getting closer and closer, I just knew. And the the day before she passed away, I I thought that Norma was going to be calling me that, that evening. And I just felt that way the whole day. And the next morning I got up and at 8.30 in the morning, that was when Norma called me and told me that she had passed away at 8 o'clock that morning. So... I think what it also means for me, I mean, it means that we've lost, we've lost a very significant person with so much knowledge and, um, and a voice in this case. And, and I, and it scares me as to how things will proceed. Um, and what it also makes me feel is, um, you know, she spent the last 13 years of her life working on this case and, and pretty much passed away doing it. And I think it's made me come to realize that I'm not sure if I want to do the same thing. I don't know if I want to be sitting here in front of my computer 10 years from now, you know, doing this or, or die doing it, you know, it's, it's made me think a lot about stepping back and just, you know, living my life again, instead of, instead of living a, a, a case, I guess that's, I've been living a case. I haven't been living my life for the past 13 years. Do you think that that's possible at this point? I'm hoping that you know these the new people on board, you know that we've that we've taken on from the the media attention, you guys, you know, coming on board, all the um, social media people that we've drawn, um, you know, the new people that that have come on board since the February 11th thing. I'm hoping that some of these people want to take over, you know, because if if, if there's anything to you know, to come about, I just can't, I just can't keep sitting here spinning my wheels, which I've been doing for so long. And now there's, there's a new energy behind it. And, and maybe I can step back some and let the other people drive the car and I can just, you know, be a passenger. I think if the last 13 years have proven anything have taught us anything it's that one torchbearer shouldn't be assigned to categorize and take in all the information and distribute the information it's that multiple torchbearers have to be out there and 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 not putting the pressure on one single person right now i would i would go out on a limb and say that this case is in a much healthier place than it was 10 years ago or eight years ago, five years ago, even this, this case is in a much healthier place. There's, there's a lot more positive energy. And I think if Helena were to see at this point, all of the, all of the good energy and all of the motivation behind it, I think she would agree that all of the, all, all of her efforts are now being distributed amongst several different groups out there that are that are really pushing forward. So if you need to take a step back, it's never it's not going to be put on you to be the single torchbearer ever. There's 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 a, a there's an army out there. 
that's what we needed, and, and that's what we've needed for a long time, is an army. And the problem is, for all these past years, it's been an army of the few family members and the few of us good people that have tried to, to help. And it was a very lonely fucking 13 years, um, or whatever, 10 years, let's say, let's say 10 years. It was very lonely 10 years of being all by ourselves, you know, doing what we were doing and just thinking that, you know, a lot of those times you were thinking nobody else really cares. You know, um, nobody else gives a shit enough to be out here helping. And we know that it wasn't that, but at the same time, you, you, you definitely feel that way. You know, you feel deserted. In the past two or three years, things have definitely turned around. It's become more positive. Um, you know, just alone, February 11th was the event, and all the people that jumped on board to help me, they were those people, you know, Lenny and Cammy and Ryan and Missy and Debbie and Michelle and Carrie and, you know, all those guys that just said, I want to help you, you know, made me feel good and the, made the family feel good, you know, and, and I know that from reading, you know, they sent us thank you cards for, for uh, putting that thing together on the 11th. It, it's people like that that are jumping on board um, that will keep this case alive. Um, and the locals that we, that we grabbed recently since February, um, have really started talking, and I think that the conversation of locals, which has stirred up some things, it hasn't been a great, you know, like any great revelations, but it certainly has stirred up conversation and brought up names and things that people have heard, but they've never, ever shared before. And I think that's wild. You know what I mean? It's like 13 years, and you've never shared that with anyone before? No, I just thought, you know, whatever. Now it's coming out. John, while we were on the phone, you mentioned that Helena quit her job to work on this case full time. Uh, is that true? What 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 uh what happened there? Well, she was working at um I believe she worked for a lawyer's office, um, and she was getting ready to retire in another year and a half, I think. It, it was down to the wire of her retirement and everything, and she got involved with this and started working with it, and there was just so much going on that she just decided to take her retirement early. So she basically quit her job, took her retirement early, and and devoted her all of her time, pretty much 24-7, 365, to, um, to dealing with the every aspect of the, the case. Very impressive, really. I mean... After all all the looking into this case and all the information Helena has accumulated, all the files, screenshots, emails, do you, do you know what's happening with, with all that? I don't know. Um, I, I know that, you know, as far as I know, it's still in her house, and... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just know that there's boxes upon boxes upon boxes of, of all that stuff. I mean, you know, almost all emails were copied 
um, that she seemed any importance. Um, all all um, correspondence between her and any media or law enforcement agencies was all kept, uh, you know, and whatever else is on her computer that I can't even imagine. And the pictures she must have just must be incredible as well. Um, and what's going to happen to it? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know. Do you think that Helena became a little too protective of this massive amount of information that was coming her way? I don't know if she was protective or if she was pick and choosy about what she thought should be put out and what she didn't think should be put out, what was important and what wasn't. And, and I always discussed that with her. I was like, you know, um, and even if it wasn't put out, even like given to me stuff that wasn't given to me for years, you know, that I was just like, and it turned out to be that it didn't make a difference, but I was just like, well, why didn't, well, why didn't you give it to me years ago? Well, we didn't think it was important. And then there's other things that they did give to me that, you know, they were kind of important. Um, so I think it was just a, a case of, I don't think she's being protective. I think she was just, you know, I, you know, I don't think it really means anything. Um, but to me, you know, an email from somebody up here, a local up here with a clue in it, you know, that she thinks might not mean anything could mean everything to me. I, I'm disappointed sometimes that I wasn't completely like a hundred percent, you know, um, aware of everything that was, was coming in. Helena had access and had more information in this case than just about anyone outside of maybe Fred and law enforcement. Do you know what she thought happened to Mora? Helena had more information than anybody as far as family goes, even Fred. Um, because, like I say, she was the liaison, the middleman for all that paperwork. Um, so she had all that stuff, and Fred did not. She would, you know, and, and I believe that she, other than her, the only people, the only people that might have more information would have been the police. As to what she thought happened to Maura, she believes that she was abducted um, um, by, more than likely by a local. Um, she never, I don't think, ever settled on anybody. I think she was, she was definitely um, very interested in Rick Force here because of everything that had happened with him. Um, I know that we had thoughts about the Glenn brothers. Um, she had thoughts about the Glenn brothers, should I say. And, of course, you know, she also was on the edge of the whole police thing um, with why there was so much, you know, bullshit with the police. She wasn't as adamant about that as I was. I think she was trying to give them more credit than they deserved, but that's just me, so. Well, uh, John, sorry for your loss. I know, I know she was a friend of yours, and uh, it sucks losing a friend. Well, and, and I appreciate that very much. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's a weird situation that you know to call her a friend. Um, you know, she was my friend. Um, the whole family that I know has have all become a friend of mine through a very tragic circumstance. And 
and it sucks that that has to be the way it is. But I met some, like I said, I met these really great people. I like it. You know, I mean, I like these people, and you know, so it's tough. It, it's it's tough to. I guess it was like I guess I'd have to say like I think mean, Lance said before it's it's like losing my partner of, of in crime for thirteen years of you know of working with somebody you know like you know there was the other PI in the office you know and she's gone and and it sucks and like I say um, we've lost we've lost a very important part of this this case and. The only thing that I can say is I don't know who believes in what, and, and I'm not a very religious person, but uh, if, if whatever, she knows the answers now, um, and she's up there or over there or wherever, <laughs> uh, you know, perhaps she's with Mora. And, you know, like I say, she knows all the answers now, and that's the best thing, you know. Um, she knows. I'm with you on the religious beliefs, and I like the idea that Helena could be somewhere with Mora right now. The really, really great thing is that she might have some information that's on documents in in her in her home that the police will look at very soon and and put it together and say, "Wow, we didn't have this before." There could be some very significant things that she might have just not seen because she's got a, she she a mass she she had a, a massive amount of information there that that's a that's a really positive motivating thing you know that's what i'm hoping that happens i'm hoping that somebody somebody with a very good set, set of fresh eyes can come in and would be able to get that all that stuff and and have all that information and like I said, you know, there it, it could be something that I could look at, or some other person could look at that has um, a lot more capabilities than myself, and put it all together. Um, because it is a puzzle. We all know it's a puzzle. So who knows who's going to be looking at that? Well, uh, it was my pleasure to um, to be able to talk to you guys about it. And like I said, it, it's been a rough uh, it's been a rough week. Uh, but, and I'm glad that it's been a week because I wouldn't have been able to do it a week ago, that's for sure. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.